Hello. Test it. Test Hello and welcome to Agitate, a periodical podcast of creative, entrepreneur, and other interesting people. My name's Rob, and I'll be taking you on this journey. So sit back and enjoy yourself. This is Agitate. Today I'm talking to Gavin Miller. Uh, we'll be talking about gear, mostly Sony, Pentax, and Fuji. Gavin is a newly appointed Fuji ambassador. So we'll hear about that and much more. Join us. Thanks. Here's Gavin Miller. Testing, testing. Yep. Hello, one, two, three. So hey, Gavin, we're here. Hey, we're Rob. Here at Gavin's place. Going to talk about uh, medium format cameras in the industry and industry vibe of camera man camera manufacturers. So, uh, yeah, we were talking about Canon, Nikon, Fuji, and Pentax, really. I got a Pentax. Gavin's got a Fuji. Gavin has two Fujis, several <laughs> Fujis. I got a Canon. His camera, he thinks his camera's better than my camera, <laughs> and I think my camera's better than his camera. And we're here to duke it out. Oh, yeah, we're going to throw some, throw some stats, some specs. Uh, but it's the same sensor, man, right? So same sensor in the medium format, yeah. Just different way to get the. I have to say, right? Technology I, out. I, well, the thing that I was amazed by um, was that the I've used Fuji for a long time, and I love the color, and I get a lot of compliments from non-camera people about the color, mm -hmm. both you know agency people, but also like just people that you know. People who don't know anything. Lay people. Lay people, right. And I thought that was all because of the Axtrans. You know, they have the funny pattern in the in their APS-C cameras. Oh, yeah. Um, and then whenever I heard the GFX was the buyer pattern, I was like, eh, it's not going to have the magic. But it really does. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. It makes me wonder what's the point in the Axtrans in some ways because they can still get that sort of Fuji color out of a buyer pattern. I'm not familiar with the X-Trans. Is the, that like Fuji used to have in their in their old digital cameras, what, like a the, hexagonal? Uh, yeah, they, they had the S-Pixel and the R-Pixel. Yeah. So it was but like one was for highlights, one was for, for shadows. They, they this will be online somewhere. You can link this. But the X-Trans, so the buyer is like a two by two. Yeah. I think the X-Trans is like a three by three. And so you basically get a more random like uh dispersal of the of the of the green pixels oh yeah so why where the bear is regular every 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 four square is the same mm -hmm. the uh the x-trans is a more random dispersal so it makes for prettier pictures well what they say is that you don't need a you don't need the aa filter oh yeah and so then you get a sharper you got a sharper so whenever the the original sensor was 16 megapixels but it was like it would out resolve like a 22 megapixel mm -hmm. cool so that's why but definitely you don't get more i mean for sure you don't get more yeah. with the x with the x trans you don't don't doesn't happen really yeah and i should i mean i've shot menswear with the x trans and i didn't get more and i shot 
menswear with the same brand of menswear with the GFX, and I did get more A in some cases. Yeah, but you can dial it out. You know, it's fine, but um, it's a small price to pay. Yeah, I've noticed it on the Pentax. I've noticed it on the Canon. It's always there. I just work around it. More a brush, brush it out. Capture One has a really good more removal thing. Yeah, so it's yeah. not a big deal. But anyway, but apparently Fuji cannibalized the Pentax to come up with their GFX. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They uh, they got the sensor and they took it apart and they figured out that because it's just a Sony sensor, right? Yeah. It's just the Exmor. Yep. Hmm. But they they bought they bought themselves a Pentax. They took it apart and they made it better. They made it better <laughs> or not? Nobody knows. I I I quite like the Pentax. I like the feeling of it. That's the thing, man. This is what I said to a friend long before I bought the GFX when it came out. You know, I know it'll look great, but I would I I would buy it for a feeling more than I'd buy it for image like absolute image quality. Yeah. But it's there, man. Yeah. I see if I I still use a traditional DSLR for 35 millimeter, yeah, you know, Canon. If I was to go mirrorless, if I was to get a smaller body, I think I would have to get a cage on it. Yeah. You know, to get one of those little cine cages. Yeah. yeah. Just to give it a little bit more beef. Because I've played with this A7R2 and they they're like toys in my hands. Yeah, well you got you got big farmer hands though, man. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to, you know, work the buttons and everything. It's just not definitely not as fluid mm. as you know what I'm used to. I I could get used to it, I guess, but to have that beefiness to actually hold you know, I had a Nikon for a while. I had a couple of Nikons for a while. And even their big bodies were, there's a D800 or D810 I had. Yeah. I couldn't fit my hand around the grip. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had more. It was way too small. Yeah. Well, so with can... the Pentax, is, you know, it's great. Yeah. You know, because it's just, it's a big, stout film camera yeah. with a digital sensor in it. Yeah. And I how do you, you feel about your, your Fuji? Well, the GFX is big, man. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I'll show it to you. Um, like, and I have the grip on it, like the vertical grip, uh -huh. which I don't know if I, I, I can't decide if I love it or hate it. I have the, I have the grip on my X-T2, which I've used for a long time. And I like that on the X-T2. It's a, that's a good size. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, going back, going to the X-T2, even with the grip, going back to that from the GFX, it's it it's feels a like a toy right <laughs> so the gfx it's definitely like i mean I, I, it feels to me it feels more like a dslr in terms of size and when you put the grip on it it's you know it's chunky you know but the, i don't know the grip on the gfx I don't, I don't i can't decide if i love it i love it for the functionality but it does make it bigger which you'll probably like but mm -hmm. i don't know I, it's there as a function. I think on the, on the, on the X-T2, it's great. The grip is brilliant. It just balances beautifully. It's great. On the GFX, I'm still, I've had it for like maybe, you know, not quite six months with the grip on. I still don't know if I love it. So, mm. but for functionality, I like it, but for just holding, I don't know. And how do so you've got a, what, two extra batteries or one extra battery in the grip? One. 
You've got one in the grip, but they're big batteries. Do you ever run out in a day? No, and I bought, I did buy a third one just to have, but I, you know, never need it. You never need it. I mean, you might be, the time you might need it is if you're doing multiple days back to back and you you have an insurance policy, you know, but yeah, um, yeah, one on the grip, one on the body, you can change both without having to take the grip off. So that's cool. Oh, that's cool. But there's something, there is definitely something about, like I was like yesterday, I, I did a job yesterday and it was a really sunny day, which doesn't happen very often in Belfast. And I was going back to my car and there was just a, there was a cool sort of street shot mm-hmm. and I don't really do that kind of thing. Um, and I, I only had the GFX with me, but I got it out and I was framing this up. And I, you know, I had to like hold my hand as a, le- as you know, to shield the flare and that kind of stuff. And I have to say, using it completely out of context in a situation like that, I was like, Do you know what, this is this is actually having a big, serious camera in that situation. Like it does change, it does change how you work. Sure, you know, it slows your way down. Slows your way down. And actually, I took the shot. I took two shots. One had flare. One didn't. And I. Uh, in that moment, I was like, mm. you know, it just, it's a big proper something to hang on to. It really made sense. And you took two frames and you're, I took you're two, done. and they're both the same. One has flare, one doesn't. And, and it, if you had 35 millimeter, you would have taken you'd have 10, taken 12. And this is, this is one of the reasons why this is one of the things when I, cause I, I did, I, the GFX was out for about a year before I bought it. But that was one of the things I was like, I've got my XT2 and the, the XT2 is like, it's nimble, right? It's really fast. The autofocus is great. You know, it'll do tons of frames a second. Continuous autofocus is great. You can work really fast with that, mm-hmm. which in certain situations is perfect. That's exactly what you need. But I find what was happening was I was coming back from shoots with maybe like 2000 shots, <laughs> right? And, you know, and tons of the same thing. And I was just like, I did this a few times and I was just like, I'm not like, I'm not working right. Yeah. You know, I'm not working in a way that's facilitating me to take my best shots. And so at first I was like, well, maybe I'm just going to buy some really small, slow memory cards, right? I'm going to like sort of as frustrate yourself, just retard the camera as, yeah. as you know, as, as easily as I'm able. Um, and then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, Do you know what, like the medium format, it's not going to go as quickly and that's a good thing. And I'm going to be more deliberate and because it's a whopper of a sensor, you, you got to make sure you're, you got to be sharp and you got to be like yeah. in the right place. Right. Are you shooting tethered on the GFX? I haven't yet. I, I've never really liked shooting tethered. I kind of do like a hybrid where, um, I, I'll shoot like the smallest JPEG to the second memory card mm-hmm. and raw to the main memory card. And then I'll, with a little dongle, I'll just download them onto my, uh, iPad. So I can review quickly and mm-hmm. I can let clients see quickly, but I don't like shooting tethered. It, I, it's too, it's not, not even that it's slow because you can do it. You can do it quickly, but I don't like having all the opinions mm-hmm. in the moment because you're working with very sure. fine, you're working with very fine adjustments. I've got enough to think about without having to like placate a client on every click. And also I kind of, I think it's like one of the beauties of shooting Polaroid, you know, where you kind of, even just with a point and shoot Polaroid, you frame up and there's not much to do, you know, you've got 
one tiny flash one. on the camera. And you have one frame. Yeah. You give them one Polaroid to look at. You, they're yeah, not yeah, looking yeah. at continuous images. Yeah. And there's always Polaroid. like a, there's always like a, I think there's like an instinctive thing about a Polaroid that I can never quite replicate with like a proper camera. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? But I think shooting tethered for me and having instant review all the time, I, it would drive me crazy, you know? So it's like Picasso said, you know, oh, like all oh, kids are artists. It's you just, the trick is to remain an artist, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't, I do the hybrid. I do like having a, I do like being able to have a, a big review on the iPad, but I don't like to shit tethered as a rule. But yeah, you're right, man. They were having a, a big chunk of camera. They, you know, it's really something. And this is something that I, you know, they never tell you this. They don't really talk about this. This is more the philosophical side of things, I guess. But yeah. It definitely changes how you work and you like, I mean, I take my work seriously, but when you using something that, you know, is like premium quality and that matters, it, you know, it definitely changes your, 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 your attitude when you're working. And with the X-T2 and working, being able to work quickly is great. But then the flip side of that is that you come back from a shoot and you've got too many of everything and maybe not, none of them are right. I find switching over to the GFX, I was shooting way less frames. I was being way more deliberate, thinking about it more. And it's, it's great. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, that's good. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been, I've had to be tethered. I mean, clients, my clients just get used to it. I was doing the, the iPad thing, you know, shooting, second wi-fi card in the camera yeah and using the ipad and always dropping out signals so ended up going wired using lightroom for the most part mm -hmm. and i find even with the pentax going moving slower with the pentax i still hit the buffer you know with lightroom yeah and we're waiting and we're waiting and i get the clients you know commenting you know, can you, can you turn her a little bit more to the left? And you know, that's coming in five frames. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. stuck in the buffer. Yeah. And you just wait five more frames and you'll see it. You know, we've moved her. And we've, yeah. We got that. We got that. Yes. Yeah. But what do you do? Clients. I know. I, well, I tell them ahead of the time, ahead of time, I said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to shoot tethered, but you'll have a review after every set yeah. on the iPad. And I think if you tell them up front, they're, I mean, I, I, it's never caused me a problem, you know? Yeah. And I think as well, what I do find with some clients is once they've seen the first couple, they just, they don't care. They just let you get on with it. They know, they know you've got it. Yeah. A lot of my clients, you know, they want to see stuff as it's coming out because, you know, they're thinking about their layout and yeah. where they're going to drop coffee, copy. And, you know, if I start getting excited, start moving you know, the model around <laughs> putting her on the left or putting her on the right or yeah, filling yeah. up the frame or doing funky crops, you know, funky crops always get me into trouble. They look, <laughs> they look great. Yeah. You know, it makes sense to me, yeah, but yeah. you know, I'll forget, I'll put that brief in the back of my mind and I'll forget about something and you know, where they need to drop the copy or, or they need, you know, 15 different versions, landscape portrait, you know, six to one, two to one. <laughs> well this is what's great about the fuji because you've got a whole lot of crops built in you know so you can do like a 617 you know 
like you can see it but you oh, still, yeah but you've still got the full profile but that's genius because i mean that's like a landscape format but like you can see so basically shoot like a 25 megapixel ish 24 megapixel 617 like in the old days of medium format film yeah but what is cool about that is that you still get the whole well you still get the whole raw file but you can get the preview you get the preview jpeg yeah but why that is useful is that you know a web banner is about three to one mm -hmm. which is about 617 roughly so that's like that's like a super cool thing yeah really useful for the modern day yeah that works i mean that, that's it's, Features like that, I can appreciate. It's yeah. it's when they overload the camera, new technology, with all this shit and so many different options in the menus that you can't navigate it properly. And you touch a button, you know, you grab the camera, you're shooting, yeah. you move, and you suddenly you touch a button, yeah, yeah. and it's all of a sudden you look on the back display and everything's you know magenta yeah, yeah. And you're going what the hell just happened <laughs> and you've realized you've just bumped you know they've added a new feature where you can you know you can change your color temperature by doing this and that and yeah, you've yeah. accidentally touched that yeah it's like oh how am i gonna get back and like, <laughs> call the assistant over and you know they're scratching their head yeah you gotta oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i remember now it's this stupid feature they just i was speaking with another photographer a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about he's just dumped all of his Nikon stuff. Right. Wow. Big move. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. And gone whole hog into Sony. Yep. And I said, mirrorless. And I said, so how does that work? You know, like he's great. Don't need a blimp silent on set. And I go, what about the EVF? You know, the viewfinder, all that lag and, you know, just the crunchiness of looking through that electronic viewfinder. He doesn't. doesn't look through the viewfinder. He, he holds he the camera, the yeah, yeah. holds the camera out in front of him. Like a tourist. <laughs> and he just touches the back where yeah. he wants it to focus. Yeah, yeah. And he's, I go, are you serious? Like, <laughs> like, what do your clients say? Like, what do you look like on set when you're, you know, you're literally holding a small iPad with a big lens at the front of it and you're touching the, the display, yeah. clicking away. Nobody cares. This is interesting, right? Because you know what I read on forums all the time is like, oh, mirrorless, they're too small. Like my client expects a big camera, right? So I've used mirrorless exclusively since 2014. Mm -hmm. And I had one comment ever in that whole time. Really? I had one comment about um i'm about the uh about the size of the camera to be fair it was an xt1 with a 27 mil pancake <laughs> so it couldn't have got much smaller but i just i told the guy that hey i needed more room in the bag for my ego and uh <laughs> but do you know what that so they, they didn't they were they were a little bit scared initially but i uh with the first shot i uh I linked up with the with the Wi-Fi to the iPad to let them see the shots, and as soon as they saw that, they were they were just blown away, right? So by that end of the technology, yeah. So going Wi-Fi onto an iPad, they could flick through the card, and um, you know, so number one, that's cool. And this is like three years ago, so they hadn't seen that before. Mm -hmm. They were just like, "Whoa, like this is class, right?" So you're like, we're literally in a storm drain in Zaragoza, you know, there's nothing anywhere. There's a little, there's a little, 
you know, yeah. a five minute walk away. And they're wirelessly looking at their photos on an iPad. And looking and looking at photos on an iPad is cool. I don't I don't care what anyone says. That's an exciting thing, right? Yeah. Um so number one, they were just blown away by this feature in itself. But then also they could see the quality of the images straight off. And you know, Fuji always have nice JPEGs. So straight away they were just like, like I didn't have a peep out of them yeah. for the next it was a two-day shit. And they they were just like, cool. This guy knows the little doing. camera works. Yeah. And then I got my GFX and so this was like January 18 and I had my GFX with the grip, right? And I went on my first job and I pulled it out of the bag. I was feeling very happy with myself. So this is like, this is like, now we're back into like normal size DSLR with, with a zoom and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. No one said a thing. So this myth of like having to appear. Oh yeah. It's, you know. It's it's all in the photographers. It's all between their ears, you know. It's not client. I don't think clients really care, and I think if they do say anything, you can very quickly reassure them. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can see that clients are getting used to mirrorless. Yeah, the size, physical size of mirrorless, because you know, for one thing, it's just the body. The lenses, yeah. if anything, have gotten bigger yeah. because of the mirrorless design, but the actual presentation of you photographing something you know you're you know the camera is no longer up to your face and you're looking physically through the camera mm. you've now got this one foot distance between you and the camera and you're holding it out in front of you yeah it just doesn't i don't yeah i don't really do that i i do use the to the tilty screen as like a waist level finder you know in the way sure. you would have had oh, like yeah. with a yeah. with a hassle or, or a rulie yeah and I do shoot square a lot. So I find having the camera, you know, at my waist square format, you know, like a square preview on the JPEG and the screen flipped out. I have to say, I, that was one of the most amazing things when I got the X-T1. I was just like, wow, like finally I've got digital and I've got square in real time. Mm -hmm. And I've got a, I've got a waist level finder essentially. Right. And, um, I, that was just brilliant. Loved that. But I think, I do think that's different. I do think having it at your waist or like even, I mean, I was shooting on a train a couple of weeks ago. And so the camera was, you know, I was on one side of the seat and then leaning over the other seat and the waist and the screen flipped out, you know, and you couldn't, you physically couldn't get yourself into that position mm -hmm. with a traditional, like non, you non live view situation. Yeah. Right? And so it is a real lifesaver at times for sure. But yeah, does your GFX, does it have a touch screen? Yeah, so, so you could touch autofocus and then you can like swipe through the photos like you would on a, on a phone. Oh yeah. So it's cool. But yeah, I mean, I think it's def there's definitely a difference to flippy out screen, waist level finder kind of vibe versus Japanese tourist kind of, yeah. you know. Selfies. Yeah. Your Was GFX it? doesn't come with a selfie stick, right? No. It's got an app, though. I mean, you can, like... <laughs> what? No. The camera control app? You don't know about Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you can, like... So you get, basically, you get your screen. You get what the camera is seeing. And then you can change all your settings, your aperture, ISO, shutter. Through Wi-Fi? Oh, yeah, Wi-Fi on your, on, your, on your phone or your tablet. And that's been great. I mean, I've used yeah. that a lot for... Uh, I've used that a lot for product photography where you have the camera on a boom yeah. over top 
and you can like frame it up and trigger it wirelessly. It's really useful. A lot of people don't like the app, but I don't, I've used it. I've used that genuinely since 2014 and I've never had any problems with it. Only time is maybe sometimes they'll upgrade the firmware and then there'll be like a little like, you know, they'll upgrade the firmware, but not the app for a couple of weeks. But generally, I don't know, people really hate it and uh, I find it to be great. Yeah, Pentax has their flu card, it's called. Cool, what's that? I've never heard of this. It's it's just an SD card with their app. All right. You know, firmware onto this SD card and you you stick it in the slot. And then you have full control again via a tablet, an iPad. Cool. So you can do all that stuff. I've never used it just because I've, you know, if I'm going to do that, I'll tether it. Yeah. I'll end up tethering it anyways. It's one of those things, man, in certain situations, it's just, it's bang on. It's exactly yeah. what you need. But, you know, it's not daily workflow by any means. Yeah. Do you, can you wake the camera up if you had it out in a remote on a boom or something? I don't know. I've never tried that. That's the, that's my only pet peeve with Canon and Pentax is, you know, when you get it up on some scaffolding or something, it goes to sleep <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have to physically get back up there and wake know. it up and never tried it. Yeah. But yeah, that would be annoying. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting back to what we were talking about 15 minutes ago or so about the quality of that sensor. Yeah. The difference between Canon and that sensor, mm-hmm. I mean, it took me, it took me probably a year to work it out. Yeah, my skin tones. Yes, this is interesting that you say this. Uh, you know, I had a workflow for Canon, yeah, and I was quite happy with it. Yeah, I knew when I could push it and yep. when I couldn't. Yeah, and to have Pentax, it was a real teething you know trying to get it to where i was happy the same spot with canon mm-hmm. but when i did it was the epiphany of all epiphanies yeah man and I, I just went yes i don't think i ever need to use my canon again <laughs> because this you know obviously the canon has autofocus and other features that i definitely still use it for portability yeah, yeah. and you know on the fly stuff but in the studio and or when i cannot use it properly the pentax the quality of it is just so amazing it's insane it's insane i did uh just recently i did just some landscape stuff for a client yeah uh and i was doing it's on a tripod set up on a tripod the pentax and i was doing a panoramic with a 150 and I'm just like bang, 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 bring it into Lightroom, merge it all together and like got whatever it was 1.5 gigs of a file. But the man, the detail, like five miles away, I can, you can <laughs> almost read the sign on the chippies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. like it just incredible. It's crazy. And, you know, opening up shadows in cliffs, yeah. you know, it like, and retaining all the highlights, it's so much beyond, more beyond than the uh, than the 5D Mark III that I have. Yeah, it but, is. It's incredible. Like, um, 
I it's the only time I've ever bought a camera and been like, uh, I want to I want to rewind ten years and take this with me and do everything over again. Yeah, because it's like, I think, um, digital cameras. There was a period in the sort of mid to late noughties where every time a camera came out, you had to buy it because it was so much better than what you had. Yeah. Um. And then it's sort of level around, I guess, around the five, the Mark II and the D700, it kind of leveled off where those were, those made big leaps in low light. But from then on, it was sort of, it was, yeah. it was window I'd dressing. Say, well, I'd say my Mark III to the Mark II was a big jump. Yeah. I mean, that you doubled or tripled your ISO yeah. where you could shoot. Yeah. But then when that Exmoor sensor came out, yeah. you know, all that just might as well just throw that stuff in the garbage. Yeah. yeah. Cause now I can shoot on a Pentax yeah. medium format. I've got, I can easily shoot 12,000 ISO. Yeah. Like not a problem. Yeah. It's just nice, smooth grain. Yeah. yeah. And I'm shooting medium format. I've got all the resolution in the world. Yep. But I, yeah, I think that, I think for me, the GFX is that it's the only time I've bought something and being like, oh, this is, it's a different league. It's just like everything was an improvement on the last, but this is just like torn up the rule book, you know? And, um, but I know what you mean about the workflow. I find that like, I, I don't know. I, there's a real, I don't know if it's the sensor or the, the, the lenses, but like, there's just a, so much it's just like so well captured, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is you're shooting, there's, it's just beautifully contrasty. There's so much room and post for like the dynamic range to be not even recovered, but just to be fine tuned, you know, yeah. it's just incredible. And it, it, like what I noticed, like I changed, I, it has made me change the way I light stuff because I know the capability oh, yeah. of the sensor. Right? Oh, definitely. And I did a shoot about a month ago where I got these space lights, you, you know, those, you see them in film that we talked about this last week, but we weren't recording ourselves, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, the big like, like tubes, they're like a big, they're like a, a cylinder of diffusion basically. Yeah. Uh, and you see them a lot in like film studios where they have a big, they'll have like tons of them up high, you know, on like, oh, yeah, on, yeah, like yeah, a green yeah, screen or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically like a Chinese lantern, but it's kind of open-ended. Yeah. Well, yeah. you can do either. You can have a yeah. hotspot or not. But I did a shot with the GFX and I had two at a, at a space light either side of camera, mm -hmm. a Fresnel right on top of the lens. I was shooting a person. So this is like a essentially a model sitting at a table kind of scene. And then like, uh, do you know about Magmod? Have you seen, have you come across Magmod? No. We've we got to talk about that. They're amazing. So they're little like um, silicone oh. modifiers for your speed light. I mean, they're, yeah. but they're magnetic. They attack, they're really, they're super cool. Right. So I had a little mag mod, like a little miniature Chinese lantern sort of above and behind, like as a hair light slash mm -hmm. background light. But this is, this is like a super, super, super soft setup mm -hmm. in terms of light. And then just like a little bit of like specular fill from the Fresnel. Mm -hmm. But I shot this with the GFX and I sort of, you know, when you go, you know, when you have an idea and then you go and you do it and you're like, that looks amazing. It was one of those times and, uh, but with just, with the way that sensor works, that, that, that light setup and that sensor, I'm just like, bang, like this is everything. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is all, that's all I want to do ever again is like this, it's brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, we were in this kind of like dark green 
restaurant kind of setup. The model has super fair skin and being able to light that flat, but retain her, her skin tone. Her skin and still have all that deepness in yeah, the, in the green. Just, and then you just get like the eyes are just like bang, you know, and you have, it's almost like that guy, um, Martin Schuler is that yeah, what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That kind of light setup, you know, big soft banks, but just incredible. You just couldn't get anywhere near that with any other any other setup I've ever had. You know. Yeah, uh, I've I was doing uh, some stuff with heavy gels, just not what I'm keen on, but. So I had magentas and greens and blues and lighting, you know, multiple people and keeping it really selective about where where each color is, you know, hitting on, on the subjects. And and there's no way, no way I could have shot it on the canon. Yeah. Because the dynamic range was not there. Cause I had I was shooting uh fair skinned and dark skinned people. Sure. And trying to retain, you know your tonality between that highlight on that fair skin person. Yeah. Cause you end up getting something in there resembling flesh tone, yeah, even yeah. with all those gels and you know, the same on the darker person, but then being able to open up yeah. shadows yeah, yeah, yeah. where, where you need to selectively in post. Yeah. It's Can, insane. Canon, Canon wouldn't, I wouldn't even have attempted it, yeah. tested it. Yeah. Cause I know it's not going to go there. This yeah, big time man. This is what when I first got it, like do you like do you ever look at those? There's a lot of guys on Instagram shoot they'll shoot like medium format film and scan it and mm. right. And so it's really interesting to see that kind of you know that he's going for that 160 Fuji. Yeah. Flat. But that kind of color palette where you know Stelly. Yeah, and it's the blacks aren't quite black and the whites aren't quite white and all that. And you know, that's sort of like, obviously film does that really well, but the, you know, it's just an aesthetic, you yeah. like it or you don't, but it's, it's interesting, right? But when I got the GFX, that was the, exactly what I noticed where it's almost like you go into like a high contrast, like a sunny day, a high contrast situation. And you can see like with your human eye, you can see a good shot yeah. you know, because you can see, you know, you've got detail basically everywhere. Right. But as a test, I was like, right, I, I wonder, I wonder, can I capture this with the GFX? Cause before you just, you wouldn't have gone there with any camera. Mm -hmm. And, um, I did a show, it was just a snap, but it was, uh, my fiance and like part half in shadow, half in sunlight and like sky behind her is this kind of thing. And it, like I say, in real in real time with human eyes, you're like you can see everything. You know, sure. you know that's shadow and you know that's highlight, but you know you don't have like you know nothing's like 100 black, right? But you know, with like a, even with the uh, with the XT2, you just you wouldn't go there, or you'd get a light on it to fill in at least. But with the GFX, no lights. You know, the half the frame is shadow, half the frame is sun. Yeah bang got it right and you bring it into post you open it out a little bit not and this is like small adjustments you know this is like not nothing major and it's all there you know the dynamic range is just it, it i'm able to take photos now because of that camera that i couldn't have taken before just simply because of how it records yeah the dynamic range you know 
Now, saying saying all that, yeah, with the Exmoor sensor in your medium format, would you ever get an Exmoor sensor smaller camera? I don't know. I mean, I'm so I love I just love Fuji. I like I love I love the style of the camera. They're always a conversation piece. I think the lenses across APS-C and 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 across the GFX is just like. It's, I'm not saying this is my taste. I'm not saying they're they're better than anyone, or, mm-hmm. or they just appeal to me more. You know, um, did they did they match the two systems at all? Did they come close? I think they come in very, look. I think they come very close. I mean, I think that definitely the GFX is like as we've said, like it's it's made me light things differently because I just I know that I've got so much room yeah. to work with it in yeah. post and. You know, I probably like stuff a lot flatter now, but then I know that I can bring it in and out a bit more drama if I need to in post. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to go the other way, you know. But I think in terms of in terms of like the pure like native color of both, I mm-hmm. think they're very I think they're very close for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if um, you know a Sony doesn't appeal to me so much, just on no particular reason. Just I prefer Fuji, just yeah. personal choice. But obviously, the stuff Sony are doing. So I think I feel like Sony are pushing the industry forward because they're so they come out with stuff and it's just like whoa, like on a spec sheet, you're like that's it's incredible. You that, know? The A nine, what is it, twenty yeah. frames a second? You know, just it's just amazing. So I I love Sony for because they keep everyone in check. You know. Um, the autofocus system too in the A9. Yeah, but I'm so I suppose I'm like I'm invested in Fuji. I've used I mean I I used Fuji back when they were doing like the S cameras, like the the S five mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. like two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think this color is really important to my like both my my personal work and my my uh, commercial work. I know that I can nail that color all the time with Fuji. And the lenses are brilliant, um, and I like the I, I like the experience of using Fuji cameras because they've got like you know it's like an old uh, FM two you know you've got a dial for your shutter and an aperture ring tactile yeah I really like that and um, I mean the Xtrans sensor does like I say I, I, you know before I had used the GFX I was like oh the Xtrans is where it's at and it's 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 clever and it's different. Mm-hmm. But haven't got the see, haven't got you know probably more impressive results from the GFX sensor, which is like a Bayer pattern. I, I just, I guess they use the Xtrans to to eliminate the more or sorry to eliminate the need for uh, an AA filter, which allows yeah. them to basically essentially have a sharper image from lower resolution, which has benefits further down the line, I guess. But I mean, I'm open-minded when it comes, to, you know, if they put an Axmore sensor in a Fuji body and it was a smaller sensor and it worked, then great, you know. Cool. Well, that's what I'm thinking of next. If if I was to go anywhere. I, to Sony? Uh, well, to somebody who has an Axmore sensor and improved autofocus. Over, it, over your Canon or over your Pentax? Over my Canon. And, you know, I could see something, you know, if I could get something like the Sony, like the A9, it might be something that eliminates both of those for me, you know, 
I I don't know. I I I love the Pentax. I love I love the fact that it's a film camera with a digital, you know, sensor inside it. Yeah. I like the box. There's a couple of things I don't like. You know, I don't like the fact that I can't turn it vertically on a tripod and still tether it because the tethering port is in the way of. But yeah. that's like, that's annoying. That's simple stuff that they should. That's so simple. So yeah. simple. And things like the strap, the strap mounts on the body is right beside the SD slots. And, you know, I have a personal opinion about SD. I know SD is the future and that's the way it's going to be. I have no choice, but they need to make SD cards more robust. They do. Because I've, you know, I've got a stack of SD cards in my office that, you know, is literally as high as the hard drives stack that I have in my office. And, you know, outside of that, lenses are good. I got no complaints about lenses. Yeah, you know, some some of the newer lenses are a little bit pricey, but, you know, the legacy lenses I have are, are damn sharp. You know, there's probably only one lens that's kind of soft at one edge, but for the most part, a little bit of chromatic aberration here and there. Yeah. But that can all be fixed in post. For the amount of money that I spent on the on the glass overall, yeah, I just <laughs> you know, I have five or six lenses that would cost me the price of one lens, yeah. one new lens. Yeah. Battery life. One battery lasts the majority of the day. So I have seven. Okay. <laughs> and I just ro keep rotating out, out all the time. Yeah. Weight. Don't know. I don't know. It's it's fine. It's robust enough. That's I think weight is fine. The only thing I can I could see real improvements are stabilization in body stabilization. Yeah. Some sort of system there. Just to avoid where are they at though? Are they gonna because you, you sort of keep hearing bad things about Pentax? Uh well I think Pentax I think I don't think they're going to do anything more with the medium format. I think that's it. I think all the rumors about a hundred megapixel, you know, six, four, five Z body. I don't think that will happen. I think there's enough 50 megapixel bodies out there for years. <laughs> uh, they brought out a new 35 millimeter, I think. Yeah. yeah They've I got a, one or two new 35 millimeters, but you know, Everybody has their phone, you know, the phones are where it's at, you know, and unless you're a serious amateur or a working professional, you're not buying a camera anymore. Yeah. Nobody buys it. cameras unless, unless you're making money from it. So Pentex, Nikon, any of those other companies that still make a traditional 35 millimeter styled camera. I don't think they'll be around in three years. Yeah. I think phones, phone cameras are going to get so much better. The sensors are going to get so much better. It, it's just, they'll be obsolete, totally obsolete. Yeah. And, you know, Canon will stick around. They've got their video division. Uh, Hasselblad. I don't know how they do it. You know, well, they haven't done it. They've gone bankrupt or whatever. Well, but they're the DJI on them. So yeah. you're just going to have like 
Well, now you've got sensor technology. <laughs> yeah, now you've got all that sensor technology going over into, you know, drones. So they bought that. That was all strategic for them. Yeah. Makes sense. But what are they going to do? Are they going to, you know, they're going to cut back on, on the amount of models that they release. You know, all their updates, their lenses, what are they going to do? But how do, how do you, because I was really resisted medium format for like a really long time. You know, and it was always my goal. It was always, but yeah, for me, it was it for me outside outside of shooting four by five film, I, which I loved still to do. Yeah, I've I've never been happy shooting thirty five millimeter. Why is that? That's interesting. Because I love it. I love a Mamiya RZ. If I could get an RZ with a with a six by seven full size sensor in it, yeah, 20, 30 megapixels doesn't need to be big. Yeah, I'd be it. I'm done. I'd get rid of every camera and I'd be so happy. Like, you know, because that's what I'm used to. That's what I grew up on. Yeah. yeah. Really for years. What, what do you think was the, cause obviously phase one Hasselblad up until the six, four, five Z came out, like medium format was cost prohibitive yeah. for most people. Right. And then Pentax came out and they're like, what was it like six and a half? Was it six and a half? Yeah. Sterling? Yeah, six and a half. And that was like a, just a complete game changer. Yeah. Turned turned everything upside down. And then Fuji. And, and, and because, again, because it had that sensor. Yeah. So what? It had that what, sensor. How, Phase came out two months or three months earlier. Yeah. With their Exmor censored yeah. back. Yeah. And everybody took immediate notice. Oh, my God, they've got this crazy CMOS sensor in this back now. And the dynamic range is... Well, cause that was the thing you were, you were having to pay like five figures. Yeah. It was right. 30 grand. And you were getting like a, you were Hats getting. Supply came up with theirs too at the same time. But you were getting like eight before that to before that sensor, you were getting like high resolution, but you know, 100 to 400 ISO. usable ISO. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how come Pentax were able to just completely subvert that and go right well it's under it's really under 10 grand and well they've they already had the platform they already yeah. had the body yeah they had their their 645d body so they just modified the d to put the cmos in this is what i'm guessing you know there was really not much for them to do yeah i mean sony probably helped them with the processor a little bit too yeah. you know, shuffled them on their way. Here you go. Here's the sensor and we'll help you with the processor. There you go. Whereas Hasselblad wouldn't probably, they wanted the sensor pet phase. They have their own processing totally entirely. So you got a $30,000, 30,000 pound phase or whatever it was just throwing around numbers here. Yeah. You've got the Hasselblad, which is what a little bit more. Yeah. And then you've there, got there's the Hasselblad tax, obviously. Yeah. And then you've got the Pentax that you can buy for well under 10 grand. You yeah. can buy legacy glass that's 30 years old, 40 years old, and you're off and running. And and that's why I bought it. That's I got it and immediately noticed the difference, you know, from shooting from Canon to the and I know people say, oh, you can't tell the difference. You can totally tell the difference. Look, it's just, it's math. It's scientific fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. The larger your film plane, larger your film, yeah. the 
the more control over focus you have. I mean, if you had a little Pentax one one ten, you remember those little Pentax one ten. I've seen them. I've seen them. My friend has one actually, and I I got a inspired by that. I bought a Pentax Q. Have you ever seen? Oh those? yeah, they're mm-hmm. amazing. With Google, that's that's definitely not medium format. We'll get onto yeah. that later. But those. But are, you couldn't control depth of field on those things. No, I have got like a I've got like a, a thirty five one point nine equivalent right for the pentax q and i like it because i like it because it's small and funny and sometimes you want to like just take cameras out of the equation and Mm -hmm. just snap but so that's like i think it's badged up it's like an eight mil or a 7.5 mil right to f2 Mm -hmm. on like a one and what is it one and one one and one eighth sensor one seven whatever you know what i mean so even though you're shooting at f2 like everything's like it's like sharp from here till tomorrow right (laughs) but now 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 you know four years ago or whatever when the pentax came out and it it became affordable now i i have supreme control over my digital image what's in focus and what isn't yeah you know yeah okay you got depth of field control on a cannon on a 35 millimeter you can but now it's razor thin or it's not. It's yeah. just I, and you can see it. You can like a hundred percent see it in a medium format file compared to a thirty-five file. Big time. What do you think of like really fast lenses on medium format? Because uh, you know, like an f two or something like that. Hey, if you've got one, then that's what you need. You know, I don't see I don't see every lens needing to be f two yeah. or two point eight. Well, this is one of the this is one of the the, the, the debates with Fuji, right? You've is got it, the one ten f two, right? I haven't got it. No, but I mean, but Fuji, it's Fuji, there. Fuji they have does. it. Yeah, it exists, right? And but see again on the the internet forum land, they're kind of going off. Look, you know, two point eight. That's not very fast, and it's it's sort of for me, it sort of misses the point because you're like, well, hang on, you're on medium format. You're it's the all that aperture maths is like it's completely different because <laughs> if you're shooting at like, so if you're shooting like an APS-C and you're shooting at 1.4, your depth of field will be shallow, but it's not going to be like ridiculous. Yeah, probably 3.5 on a medium yeah, format. Yeah. In the way that if you're on like medium format, at, even at F2, it's like, it's like you better, yeah, it's like 0.95. Yeah, you better make sure, millimeter. you better make sure that's in focus. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is, and that's, that's also about, these people, these modern photographers who are actually going out and buying DSLRs or medium format or whatever, where are they showing their images? If all you're doing is showing an image on a website, why, why do you care about, you know, an 85 1.2 yeah. Canon lens? But there's like a big trend. You, you won't see that unless you start printing yeah. your images. You know, you're never going to see that stuff. And, and even still... You know, you can print out a billboard, you know, a 48 sheet billboard. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Anyway. (laughs) But there's a big trend, you know, there's a big trend for people to shoot available light, you know, which is fine. That's cool. But Mm -hmm. that's why they want, you know, they think they shoot available light and they shoot really wide open. And that, so that's why they, that's why there was... You know, that's why fast apertures are popular because they're they're coming at it and they 
they want to shoot without having to light and all that kind of stuff, you know? And they what think, are they shooting on? Well, I mean, on their Canon, on their sort of their, their you Canon. Know, again, if they come back 35 to 35 mils. If they come back to that sensor or if they're shooting on anything post Canon 5D Mark III, Mark IVs. Yeah. I mean, you've got 6,400 ISO. You've yeah, got yeah. 12,000 ISO. It just, like, it just I don't like, see, I've got like m one of my most used lenses. Well, the 1740 F4 Canon lens and a 70 to 200. <laughs> 70 to 200 f4 canon lens i don't own the 2.8s yeah i mean i just don't see the for me to hit f4 if i shoot 70 to 200 yeah. wide open at f4 the difference for me between f4 and 2.8 it's not worth it for that to feel yeah and i'm not losing a stop of light because yeah. i shoot strobes so yeah Big time. I, I, I don't. I, I don't see the the, the value in those. Yeah. I have an eighty five one point eight, yeah. which is like the fastest lens I own, and I use it probably ten percent of the time that I use my Canons. Yeah, because I love, I love the versatility of the seventy to two hundred zoom, and f four is is good for me. Yeah, and I like to have that, you know two inch three inch buffer yeah, of yeah. depth of field yeah, at f4 it. because because my stuff's going to get printed all my stuff is going to get printed yeah you know i remember i remember having a coffee with a, a wedding photographer and she she owned canon 50 1.2 uh 85 1.2 i mm. think it is and she shot it wide open all the time mm. with everything yeah and I'm like, how do you catch focus? Yeah. Like I know autofocus, this was six, seven years ago. Autofocus isn't that good back then. Yeah. Like, how were you catching focus? Didn't matter. Because nobody was getting them printed. Yeah, yeah. Everybody just wanted, you know, their wedding album on on an iPad or, you know, looking at it at, as an A4. Yeah. It was never going to get printed big. Yeah. So as far as fast lenses go, pfft, I, on the Pentax, I've got a 152.8. That's the fastest lens. Yeah. And I've got a 55 2.8. I kind of like, if, I, I mean, if I'm wide open, I'm in trouble. You know, that's the way I look at it. Like, I, I don't want to be there. And I, th I don't know. I, I find it odd with, I find it odd. I mean, I don't know. It's not odd. Do what you like. But for me, if you're going to go to all the, you know, if you're going to go to the effort of having a medium format, like detail is, it's amazing, right? So sure. do you want to stop I mean, that there is, there is going to be a lens, look, right? there'll definitely be a look on yeah. a Fuji with a 110 F2 yeah. at F2. I mean, it has a beautiful look. Yeah. But it, what but I'm it's saying. One, it's one thing though, right? Yeah. But I, what I'm saying is it better be on a tripod. Yep. It better not be windy. Your, <laughs> your model better not be a caffeine addict yeah because yeah, yeah. i mean you just need to catch that focus on those eyes like bang on yeah because at, at just, two you've got no depth of yeah, field. yeah, yeah. that nose really, is out of focus yeah, yeah. her eyelashes will be out of focus yeah i really want to i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try it out but it's just it's just like that's gonna be a tiny 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 depth of field on that yeah i mean 
it's sharp at f2 what's it like at four and five six things got to be magnificent yeah. magnificent and that's where i'd be shooting it yeah that's it true that i mean i did it i went up to the dark hedges with my sister and yeah. her her boyfriend and i did a a, a montage a photo merge sure about 10 frames yeah on the 1528 yeah. on the pentex yeah so i ended up with you know a gig and a half sized file with shot at 2.8 yeah. so you know their faces were sharp and everything was just blown out and it looked amazing the file was ridiculously sized but yeah i mean other than the novelty of it as a working commercial photographer i just don't see the yeah. relevance of a, of a super super fast lens like that unless you're looking to achieve a specific look yeah you know unless your name's frank Auchenfalls, and you know you that's what you need to do you know their yeah. eyes are in focus and their ears are out of focus and you're trying to emulate an eight by ten polaroid or something sure so uh what about firmware because fuji are like the kings of of Make, updates making things better <laughs> pentax <laughs> i don't think pentax has had a firmware update in like three years does that bother you because oh. I, I know that from my point of view like with fuji i'm like brilliant like they've I, it shows that they have an invested yeah into into that but they've just they've brought out i mean they just had to like revoke it yesterday but last week they brought out an update for the xt2 and now you have like you know, they've doubled the frame rates on the video, so you can do like 120 oh, yeah. frames, slow motion. Um, what else? Like better, they're always, they, the autofocus basically gets improved every single time. See, I, the other thing though, again, Pentex, it's a film body. Yeah. With the digital sensor in it. There's not much that they can do outside of whatever they can do with but, the sensor. Like, wouldn't you be happy with like, you know, I'd be happier with an autofocus system that was more accurate. Yeah. But wouldn't like, do you think and though, with more sensor points to so they if, can't do that in a firmware? So yeah. What have you got? Do you, does it have peaking or is it mm -hmm. like, right. So you can manual focus. Yeah. yeah right. man, I can manual focus live view focus. But would you be I happy got, with like, I've got focus peaking, yeah. you know, there's, rudimentary video capabilities that are laughable <laughs> um, who cares we're not about that yeah but <laughs> get a sony for that <laughs> i mean i like the fact that it's a traditional shutter yeah that's one thing on the gfx that i i would worry about you know be you've got electronic shutter on that right you either you can switch it yeah I've never used the like I there's I don't know that's the one that I haven't really delved into I've only used it on um the regular mechanical shutter oh yeah but I used I mean I used to I haven't used the electronic shutter on it yet I, I don't like electronic shutters mostly I'm using flash it doesn't trigger your flash I don't know why that is it mm -hmm. seems like that that could be made to work yeah um but I've used the electronic shutter with the, the T1 and then T2 and on the T1 it was it worked but there was a lot of rolling shutter if you were if you weren't moving it was great if you were moving forget it yeah T2 I don't know how they did it but 
really good moving new rolling shutter really really i guess because it's better for video that's probably something to do with all that yeah the gfx has some kind of weird uh i just i set my ca camera comes out of the box i set it up rear curtain flash mechanical shutter and that's it and it doesn't really get changed but the gfx is a way more options where you can have like an electronic front curtain and a manual i don't know i don't know what they all are but yeah. there's like six options where you can have hybrids of every combination i have no idea why that is i'll have to look into that i'm i'm happy with a, a really manual body i was gonna that was my point like if you had a medium format if like say mamiya tomorrow come out with uh, a, a reasonably priced retrofittable six by seven full frame sensor that goes in the back. I'd be all over an RB or an RZ. It's only manual focus. Yeah. I'd be all over that. It'd be manual focus yeah. on the RZ, and you'd, I would have to buy myself the magnifying yeah. eyepiece to go onto the back of the prism. But I that's think that's the only thing. I think that's where like. I think that is sort of in a way that's where like I think there's like a lot of guys out there who would really like a much simpler approach because like you were saying earlier about loading lots of technology in there and that's really cool but actually in a way like I don't really want a GFX that shoots video I mean it shoots like you know 1080 or whatever like no one's ever going to use that yeah, no, no and it's the same. It's the same with with all these goofy profiles and stuff. Yeah, presets. You know, I can have it. I like black and white, but you know, it has all these other vivid landscape yeah. and portrait. You know, I know what profiles that a lot I don't of, need. Yeah, and again, it's an extra button, and you end up hitting it yeah. in the middle of a shoot, and you, everything's black and white. A lot of uh, from from being on the internet. A lot of people really like the Fujifilm simulations, I have to say. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. But you can do it in post. You can do it in post. But I think, I don't know, because we're we're coming at this from like a you know pro perspective. So we're shooting raw like a hundred percent of the time. And yeah. It if does. I was to get anything rid of anything, that would be the first thing I'd get rid of to make it more yeah. simple in yeah. a camera. Is is lose all those goofy profiles? Yeah. Fuji as long as it has a good autofocus system, yeah, which I'm 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 now sort of dependent upon, you know, with the luxury of a Canon, you know, being so good, you kind of it's nice to have. Yeah. If I was to go back to an RZ, I would live with it just yeah. for the fact that I have a six by seven full frame digital back on it. Yeah, that would be the end for me. It would be the pinnacle. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. I, what else? I mean, there's nothing really as far as firmware that Pentax I really think can do. Yeah, you know, so three years of absence of firmware updates. I don't know what more to expect from them. I guess. I mean, unless unless they could figure out something to with Sony to unleash something ISO or more dynamic range or boost something somewhere. I think that's it. That's it for Pentax. Yeah. That's it for Pentax anyways, you know, as far as I see. Yeah. Pentax, Nikon, 
all those little guys. <laughs> I mean, do you think that uh, Nikon just didn't move fast enough on the mirrorless thing? Yeah, mirrorless you think that's, you think video. That's like the single biggest like kneel in their coffin is they just were too slow to move. Yeah, and and Sony just vaulted ahead of everybody else so so much quicker. Yeah, I mean, with that sensor, with you know, and they brought out all the confusing confusing names of the A7 R. <laughs> yeah, they really need to invest in naming. <laughs> Almost as Fuji's the worst though. I can never figure out Fuji. I can never figure out. I'll, I'll explain. I, I I know Fuji names. I'll explain this to you right now. Sony. That's too. There's. They need to come up with more names. It's. Too, it's like I have no idea. I know that one of them is like lower resolution but better in low light. Yeah. And then there's like the re high resolution a video one. one. And then I don't. I don't know. What the, I don't know what the third one does. So there's like the the there's S and the A7, R. And then there's A7 like the, R, the no A7 letter. S, A7 two R and now there's an A7 three R and then there's the A9. Yeah. So I don't know. I know, uh, kind, I know kind of what they do. I don't know which one is which. Yeah. What's your problem with the Fuji names? I, I did T1 XT2. Okay. W. Okay. So the, Z. the, the T is like what would be considered until the, until the H came out. <laughs> <laughs> lost already so the t is kind of like the mirrorless but kind of like an slr styling mm -hmm. in terms of it's got like the little hump where evf lives okay the axe e mm -hmm. so there's the axe e one two and three but they're all different generations so you don't get them both at the same time is like the smaller body rangefinder kind of style mm-hmm so um you've got it's you know it's a it's a it's a rectangle there's no hump and your mm -hmm. evf is off to like the left hand side as you look at it from the back okay where you so like a like i am like a like a but smaller mm -hmm. and then the, the pro the axe pro one or two mm -hmm. is like a proper fully fledged so so the E is like a small rangefinder and only has an, an EVF. The Pro one or two is like a more like a classic ranger rangefinder style and size, like a classic Leica size, mm -hmm. and it has a switchable EVF or optical. Really, it's really cool. Has an optical, yeah, but in a rangefinder sense, so you'll have frame lines. Yeah, so you're going to look through. And some lenses you're gonna see the you're gonna see lens, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but you've got the frame lines in the way that you would have had with the Leica, or you can switch it. There's a little lever on the front, and you can switch it, and it's just a classic EVF. So with your if you're shooting that with say like a 90, you're gonna have a little tiny frame in the middle of your optical viewfinder with your frame lines, and that's like you would have had on, on a Leica. But you can switch it over to the EVF and then that will be like the full frame. You'll have your frame as the full frame. But so if you're using it with wide lenses, it's sweet because you've got like a straight up, like big optical viewfinder with small frame lines. Mm -hmm. If you're using it with a longer lens, it gets more problematic because you've got a little frame in the middle. Yeah. But it's cool. I mean, and I that's have, the X. So that's the X, that's the X Pro. There's a one which is really old, but charming, but slow autofocus, stuff like that. 
Yeah. Usable, usable with the latest firmware, but like, um, it's not super fast. Like you could substitute out a T2 for any DSLR in terms of speed of autofocus and responsiveness and all that. You're not not going to notice any difference. Fast refresh rate, all that good video, like, you know, really good, like log, uh, slow motion, all the stuff you need to do a fully fledged production, you can do on a T2. It's got the flippy screen as well. The pros don't have the flippy screen. Why not? I don't. I think because they're going. Out, I, th- I think. I mean, does, some people don't like them. Weirdly, I know some people, and I don't get that. Then just leave it tucked just up against it tucked the up. body. Exactly. But um, the pro. I mean, it doesn't really add that much space to the back of the body. No, especially with the Fuji design, because the obviously like the Canon and the the. Uh, I don't and know. you're saying that's a bigger camera, anyways. That's a bigger bodied camera. Yeah. So, but the, the the way that Fuji do it, it's really neat. It's got this like metal origami going on behind it, so it's not like a Canon or a, Pan, a Panasonic where it fully there's a hinge and it fully flips out. Oh yeah. But um, and then they recently brought out the H1, which is basically yeah, it's like that. Yeah. It's like that. Rob showed me his Pentax with his flippy screen. So, the the H1. Basically, as far as I know, they're kind of pitching it more like to be a direct replacement for your DSLR. So it's a bigger body than the T2. It's got like a top display. So on the on like the XT2, you're going to have like an exposure compensation dial on the top mm-hmm. plate. The H1 is more like the design of the GFX, but smaller. And it's got like the top display, like top digital readout, the way you'd have on a DSLR. Um, and it's got like in-body stabilization and stuff. So the H1 is really like the flagship that has the best video features. You know, you can select your megabytes per second and all that stuff. Okay, so the top, top of the line of Fuji small top cameras is... The H1. H1. So it's got, it's more like a DSLR. Not the X-Pro. The X-Pro2 is like their flagship rangefinder style. So EVF and OVF, uh-huh. no flippy screen. No flippy screen. The T2 to me is the workhorse because with the firmware update, it's basically got pretty much everything that the H1 has got, uh-huh. except a couple of things in video and no in-body stabilization. Uh-huh. So the T2 has been the flagship until the H1 came out. Okay. But the T2 is like... It's pretty much everything you need if you don't need stabilization or like super duper video. But the T2 will do really super super video, but not super duper video, basically. Um, the H1 is a slightly bigger body, so that's it. So the, the, the T2 and the H1 very similar, all right. Um, Woo. bar sort of the stabilization. So there you go. So you have. Oh, and then there's the T20, which is like a cut-down version of the T2, but similar kind of idea, same kind of shape. Yeah. bit smaller, less video features. So there you go. And I, all I, lenses... you know I didn't think the names were confusing until I explained them all to you. <laughs> <laughs> and all lenses are totally same now. Yeah, so uh, the GFX has the, well, uh, has the GF mount, Yeah. whereas the X series has the XF mount. 
Yeah. But yeah, they're all, it's that the XF mount is like. And do, do, excuse me for my Fuji ignorance. Do they make a full frame? No. So this was the thing. Like there was all like, oh, Fuji need to do full frame, blah, 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 blah. But they didn't. They they went, they've got they've got APS-C and then, you know, medium format, 645. It's a big jump, huh? It is. But I mean, I think maybe that's another reason where the X-Trans comes in because what's what's the file size of your smaller cameras? How many no megapixels idea. are they? It's 24 megapixel, so I, oh, I don't geez. know. That's all right. It's cool. And crammed in there. Yeah, but the low light's great. You know, we shoot that to, like, I mean, I never really go past, I never go past 16 really in in life in general, but yeah. you could take it up to 64 without an issue. And I've never gone, I've, I've never gone beyond that. If I need to go beyond that, I'm, I'm screwed. So yeah. I don't really care. <laughs> so, but I have, I've got like fast primes. So and you're happy with the autofocus on the little cameras? The T two on the T two, it's, it's sensational. Yeah, it's multi point, like lots of points. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all the whole thing. I think does the phase detect live in the middle? I don't know. I'm very like, you know, focus the center, focus yeah. in the center, and reframe kind of yeah. vibe. No, I, I would only. The, the wider the lens, the more yeah. I like. Well, you can, certainly start. there there are autofocus points from edge to edge. Wow, I don't know if it's phased attack from edge to edge. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's, there's definitely phased attack in a portion of it for sure. It might be the whole thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but this is this, this 24 megapixel, but you don't have an AA filter, and that really makes a huge difference. Yeah. Know? So, but yeah, I mean, I like. I used that for everything up until January when I got the GFX and I use it, you know, I use both selectively if I need speed and agility and particularly if I know I'm going to be in like low light, like I do commercial or like stills on TV commercials. So, um, you are in those situations, you're going to be in low light relatively because you're working with TV lights and then maybe a little bit of fill flash. So in that situation, you're going to want to use, a pretty fast lens, you know, or do you use your medium format and just crank it up a couple? Haven't tried that yet. There, so. the, the only reason I haven't tried it is that typically in those situations, I have to go very quickly and I haven't, I haven't just haven't got the miles on the clock with the GFX to really, I don't mean depend on it. Yeah. I, I mean, depend on it in fast moving situations. So it would give me another thing to think about. And that's not really what I want. Yeah. And the T2 will deliver. So I, I haven't messed about with that yet. But it, I like I got my first proper pro DSLR was a D2X in like 2005. And it was like. What? Nikon? Yeah. It was fast. Like it was like fast autofocus. Just it was a, you know, it was a beast, right? But it was, it felt taut, you know, it felt like responsive and like, it was mm -hmm. like you know, let's go. Yeah. And nothing like every other, every other camera in between that and the T2 was like, I bought them for a good reason, but they never felt to be like just so fast and ready and just mm -hmm. like bang, you know, 
the T2 feels exactly the same as I remember the detail. Metal bodies. Yeah. So in terms of speed, the, uh, and the speed in every sense, like responsiveness, autofocus, all that, like the T2 is great. Hmm. But on a huge, I mean, huge, 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 huge upgrade from the, from the, from the T1. Yeah. Which was great. Color was amazing. Sensor, interesting, all very good, but I probably used manual focus 95% of the time on it just because the peaking was great and the autofocus was, it was good, but the peaking was just, it was great. It was reliable and more reliable than the autofocus, I think, Hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I don't use focus peaking to be honest, really ever. It's always, I just, Pentex is really good for just, banging in i think you can go in 16 times yeah and then i just live view it from there cool yeah i that's i come back to that that's the downfall with the pentex in my opinion it's just a really poor autofocus i think word is that they just took it out of a 35 millimeter really and stuck it in the middle of the 645 frame Damn. so that's all you get you yeah. like whatever eight eight or ten points just in the center that's annoying <laughs> and it's like it almost feels like you're back in like 1976 yeah. with a canon ae program or something because <laughs> it's like a little red led pops up on the screen you oh know when goodness. it's in focus that's very annoying do they think do you think they just thought that people are going to manually focus and that's uh, that well love to say that you know, my eyes are great and, you know, I can manually focus like that, but that's why the Canon, the autofocus is so great. And Pentax, well, I got to take my time and I got to double check this. And it's just... It is. Yeah. It's annoying. I mean, I think the, the Fuji, the autofocus on the Fuji is very good, but you do. I mean, I definitely miss more than with the T2, for example. So... And when it's out of focus, it is like you're, you know, because of your resolution, you're like, you are seriously out of focus. There, take a look at that. Just uh, press the autofocus button on the back there. Look through. That, my eyes are really, I've got the diopter set there. So, okay. Oh, that's hilarious. It's not even focusing anywhere near what it should be. Oh, no, it's not on autofocus right now. Oh, right. Okay. But it's just, it shows you the point. That is. A little Hilarious. red LED. <laughs> but yeah, this this being a, a legacy lens. Yeah. That's you the ring, the outer fo focus ring. Yeah. Push it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To autofocus and then pull it back that. to manual focus. Yeah, yeah, I have that on a couple of my Fujis. And it's massively annoying. <laughs> I like it, but I can never figure out if you need to, once you've disengaged that for manual focus, you also need to change on the body. I can never figure that out. So I end up, I, I always do both. And then it seems yeah. like an extra step, you know? It's uh, glasses is, is good. I mean, this is the 45 to 85 zoom. Yeah. And the 85, you know, I shoot it F8. And the 85 is so sharp. Like, it's awesome. Cool. For 45, I'd say, is the weaker end of things, but it, even still at F8, it's 
tight. I, just, you know, you can see on the top of the body, there's like a ridiculous amount of buttons. Yeah. And then, you know, it should just have that button there and two wheels on the back, you know, your mode button and everything else I can do almost do without. Yeah. But I don't know. People want their gimmicks <laughs> and the movie mode on it, you know. It's just, it's absolutely hilarious. I've shot one, one commercial thing yeah. on the video off this camera. Okay. It looks great. It's a dog moving and I'm moving, but there's enough going on mm. that you don't actually see the rolling shutter. Okay. But it, it is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. I was doing, I did a, I was testing for a cinemagraph up on the North coast. Okay. Had it mounted on a tripod yeah. and all, I was just shooting the waves, dude, just the <laughs> waves, just the waves. Yeah. It's a, I'll send you the YouTube link to this. <laughs> so I'm, I'm perpendicular to the waves. Yeah. The waves are coming straight at me. A, a walker yeah. walks through the frame yeah. left to right. Yeah. Dude, the whole thing went, the whole frame jumped That's like, hilarious. I don't know, 50 pixels to the left. And then when he walks out of the frame, it jumps back kind of thing. Wow. Insane. Insane. I don't get that. I just don't have video. There's, there's like bad video is worse than no video, right? Oh, yeah. Just just leave it. Oh, we don't need it. Yeah. You're not buying just that one, camera. One more thing. Just one more thing to go wrong. One yeah. more thing to complain about. Yeah. You're not buying that tissue video. Just leave it off. It's crazy. But, uh, I mean, overall, it's great, right? Yeah. It's a I'm good happy. idea. I'm happy with it. I mean, like I said, unless, you know, something came along. But I still, I like that depth of field. I like that control of depth of field. I don't think I would get rid of it if, if a mirrorless Sony A9 hybrid super autofocus 35 millimeter camera came out. I think I would still want to have it. It's a it's a totally different vibe to 35 mil. Yeah. And to be and you know, to be honest, to shoot it in studio, like fashion stuff. Yep. And to have an image pop up on the screen and to show your client to come in and the resolution is just beyond. And it, you know, like I said, you know, with that gelled situation where we had a dark skin complexion and light skin complexion and yeah. Just being able to go in and selectively open up shadows beyond what yeah. a Canon could ever hope to achieve. Yeah, that's it, man. And like it's stuff, any commercials I've delivered with it thus far, they're just like, whoa, like that's insane. Yeah. You know, so you're going to keep yours big time, man. Big <laughs> I'll, time. I'll keep mine. <laughs> My Canon, on the other hand. They better do something soon. I d you definitely see a lot more like Canon gear popping up on the used oh, yeah. market than you used to, and Nikon stuff too. Yeah, definitely. All the all those people jumping ship to Sony. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know this acquaintance that I have that bought the Sony stuff loves it. Yeah, to dump all his high end Nikon equipment, yeah. big big glass, expensive glass. Traded in, bought the Sony. Yeah. Never looking back. And what was his one thing? What was his like where so like with Fuji, I'm like, it's the color, right? Like 
you know, I think it was, I think it was the autofocus. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's, I don't know if that's why he bought it, but he's now blown away by the autofocus on it. Yeah. You know, just to be able to, and the follow focus, the frame, the face recognition. Yeah. Autofocus is incredible. Yeah. You know, to get that in a Canon, you got to go up to the flagship 1DX or whatever it is, 1DX1 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, cool. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Gavin. Pleasure. So our, our verdict is we're going to keep our cameras. It's, uh, it's definitely the way to go. All right. It's not for everyone, but it's definitely awesome. Thanks, dude. Thanks. So there you have it. That's Gavin Miller. Hopefully that uh, cloudies up all your camera buying decisions. Um, had a good time with Gavin. Really appreciate him taking the time. He's very busy now being the Fuji ambassador that he is. Um, hopefully we can hook up with him again and do another podcast soon. And everybody else out there, hope to hear from you soon. Please send your comments. Uh, like us on Facebook and iTunes. And Thank you again.